Freaking go! The last annual matchup versus Auburn. Are you kidding me? We are losing our recipes. This is supposed to be the game that we all look forward to every year as the weird game. The game that anything can happen. And of course, in LSU-Auburn fashion, everything is already getting weird. What is tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow's the 13th. We get a Friday the 13th before the final LSU annual Auburn matchup. Are you forgetting me? I'm going to miss it so much. And if you're watching this after the fact, comment down below. What is your all-time favorite LSU versus Auburn matchup? Is it the earthquake game? Is it Joe Burrow in 19? Is it Flynn to Bird? Which one is it? Is it the DJ Chark comeback? Is it the Leonard Fournette game in 15? Heck, is it the Russell Shepard game in 9? Is it the Jarvis Landry blowout in 11? Let me know. It has been such an honor to play the Tigers from the Plains that uh, a little bit later, we're probably going to be joined by an Auburn guest who actually uh, manages a bunch of Waffle Houses. Uh, so obviously that is very Auburn. Huh? 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 Uh, really excited, though, about tonight. Obviously, uh, to start things off here, I want to talk about Jaden Daniels. Um, you know, this is the story of the year. If you are an LSU football fan, anytime you're in a spot where LSU could have another Heisman Trophy winner, um, you get freaking excited, right? You you remember how magical the Joe Burrow season actually was. And since we have two losses and the college football playoff seems unlikely, the season has kind of become about Jaden. And Jaden obviously is going to be probably the most interesting quarterback, not only in terms of the Heisman discussion, but in terms of the NFL draft discussion. Is there going to be an NFL team that says, look, can't teach this athleticism, and the only thing that was holding him back were the deep throws and the intermediate throws and throwing over the middle. Um, it has been an amazing ride up to this point for Jaden Daniels. I can't get over, though, the one thing that has changed the most, and we did an hour-long piece on, to me, the biggest gap between Jaden Daniels and Joe Burrow. And I know it gets so old when you hear people come comparing the two, but the biggest gap between the both of them, to me, was Joe's ability to throw over the middle and Jaden's inability to at least challenge the middle. And to me, the biggest change has been hitting Malik on those digs over the middle in zone coverage, right? These aren't just man beaters. These are throws that you have to throw with confidence. You have to throw with anticipation. You have to throw with timing. And I think those throws is what really is making this LSU defense so unbelievably um, unstoppable at this point. So for me, 
that has been the biggest jump because trust me, we have done more Jaden content than pretty much anyone out there. Film studies, we've been praiseful, we've been critical, um, but I've always believed in his ability. But I will tell you this, okay? I did not think it would get to the level where you can objectively say that he's playing better right now than Caleb Williams. I, I just don't think I would have ever said that on the show. I felt we were going to get a year five leap. I felt New York City was in the realm of possibility, but I didn't think this early in the season that I thought that this guy would be the story of the team. And it is truly incredible. It's truly breathtaking. Um, and I can't wait to meet Jane Daniels. Hopefully that does uh, get to happen. I've gotten to know some people close to him. And um, and he's a busy man. He was on, uh, what, College Football Live a little bit earlier today. You know, he got all the ads going into this season. What? He's got Powerade. He's got freaking uh, Hey Dudes. I didn't think who would Hey Dudes. He's got Beat by Dre. Beat by Dre. Are you kidding me? He's got, like, all different types of brands. Uh, he's he's repping now, but big shout out to him and big shout out to people like him who work really hard, put his body on the line and obviously reps our team. Now, the next thing before we get to your comments is I do want to talk a little bit about Pete Jenkins, right? You know, one thing I did see LSU do in this last game defensively, the defensive line did play better. OK, is that just noise or is that Pete Jenkins giving them some improvement? One objective change that he did make was getting our guys closer to the line of scrimmage. I will say this, though, okay? I'm not going to show you the stat, but what's very interesting from a guy like me who is a pass-rushing nerd, it has always pissed me off that the only stat that we had to measure with pass-rushing is sex. Sex is a horrible measurement of a good pass-rusher. Pressure is a better measurement. Another measurement, let's take Glenn Dorsey into example, is how many double teams do you draw? Obviously, Glenn Dorsey was double teamed a lot, but pressure is more important than sacks. So I, I saw a stat earlier today from CFB Numbers, um, a friend of mine I've made over the years in the analytics community, and Savian Jones has one of the lowest pressure rates in all of college football up to this point. Now, I do want to include that he included all edge defenders in this mix. The way that Savian Jones plays the game and how he plays within Madhouse's scheme, it's not like on every drop back he is able to pin his ears back and get to the passer. Okay. So I do defend Savian Jones when it comes to that. But just in general, you know, we've mentioned so much about this LSU secondary. I felt like the LSU pass rush this year is not very creative. You know, a lot of our guys are just getting blocked probably a little too easily uh, for my liking. I do think they're going to get better. I do think we saw some things versus Missouri that was a step in the right direction for us to generate more pressure on the quarterback. Now, some of that was Brady Cook stepping into some of these pressures, but I still think Pete has done a good job getting our guys going in the right direction, and hopefully that continues versus a creative offensive play caller in Hugh Freeze. So 
I am hoping we can generate more pressure this weekend. So uh, I, I do think Pete's going to help us out. Now, the final big news item going into this game this weekend is Chris Hilton has been officially ruled out by Brian Kelly. Everybody else is available, okay? But Chris Hilton is out. One very interesting minor storyline, Aaron Anderson will be back, but he is not the same type of player as Chris Hilton, okay? You know who played for LSU this past week? He played two snaps, didn't talk about it on the film study, but we'll bring it up here tonight. Jalen Brown did play, okay? Now, truth be told, I like Jalen Brown. I didn't love him coming out of high school. I didn't. I know, personally, I love every player that goes to LSU, but I I, I thought he was a very good prospect. I did not think he was a five-star but I'll tell you this, he's got five-star speed. And the receiver who most likely comps to Chris Hilton is Jalen Brown on the entire team. So Jalen Brown also celebrated a birthday today. Could it be that this is his game going into Saturday? It very well could be. It very well could be. So be on the lookout for Jalen Brown. I know that was one of Precious favorite players going into this class. I like him a lot personally. I mean, he he does uh he does have some serious speed. Carvis uh making the Lamar comp. I love it. Cliff, good to see you. Adam LD88, Tony, lots of smart people in here. As always, your super chats are always welcomed. If we get to hundo, I'm gonna do this. Actually, I, I think I gotta switch it up because apparently you guys are not Terrace Marshall fans. We're going to keep this same card up, though. If we get to a hundo and Super Jets, we are giving away a Terrace Marshall card. Mick, make sure when you go to the game this weekend, take a photo in your PHL shirt and send it to him. I'm going to put you on the show, man. Send it to me, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you live in front of my entire audience, baby. Now, uh, a few other things here, okay? I think you'll see a lot of Omar Spates this weekend. I hope. I would like to see Omar and and Witt play linebacker together. Okay. Um, I think that could be a good pairing. Um, I also saw something very interesting today. I want to show some media love uh, to somebody today. A guy by the name of Steve Schneider is retiring. WFB, Steve has only been nice to me. I've not talked to him in years. But uh, shout-out to a Baton Rouge icon. I know I'm not really like traditional media, so I'm not really there all that much anymore. Okay. So there you go. Now, I do want to go through everything Brian Kelly said tonight. Okay. Jaden Daniels is doing things nobody else is doing. Um, Koki Riley here added on, Brian Kelly thinks the Heiser Trophy is a promotional trophy now, adding that he doesn't think it's about the best player in college football anymore. 
Well, what, what I would like to hear from BK is which player was not the best player in college football that got the award. But to his point, okay, and this drives me crazy, crazy. The Heisman Trophy mission statement, the criteria it gives its voters, it doesn't tell its voters to vote for the best player. That has always been my thing because the Heisman Trophy is the most important individual award you can give in sports. There is none bigger than this, okay? How do I know this? Because there are still players who have won the Heisman Trophy that still make hundreds of thousands of of, of dollars every year just because they were Heisman winners, right? The Heisman mission statement, you can go look it up for yourself. It says to give the award to a player that best exhibits excellence with integrity. It's something along those lines. It never says vote for the best player. It never says that. Okay. I wish it did. I wish it just said vote for the best player. But they, they want to include morality in it. Brian Kelly said Pink Jickets came to him and he said he's never seen a group more committed getting better than this defensive line group. There you go. Sam Burns coming back uh, to BR here. It's always a good thing. And let's get down to a few more of these BK quotes. Uh, Jaden Daniels was sore earlier in the week, but he took his normal reps. Uh, I don't want you to change anything. I'm good to go. Kelly said the players took that message to heart. So do you assume with this statement here that maybe Jaden Daniels is banged up and he's just fighting through it. Also, Deuce Chestnut is meeting with Brian Kelly tomorrow. And I would guess he comes back to the team, but he won't be available tomorrow. I would I would highly doubt he would be available for Saturday. Charles Turner, Omar Spates, Aaron Anderson, good to go. Chris Hilton is the only LSU Tiger left. Uh, the only LSU Tiger unavailable. Very interesting. Okay. So, Big Jake. Next to Missouri, the other fake Tigers. Huh? 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 Uh, so, the poll question's up. Do you believe okay do you believe auburn is the best matchup lsu plays every year the most overrated annual matchup that lsu plays every year is texas a&m we have played a grand total of one compelling football game versus Texas A&M since they have forced this rivalry down our throats. Now, it was a legendary game. It was a game that changed the college football rulebook forever. But it also is one game. All the other games were not compelling at all. Not compelling at all. Last year was a blowout, unfortunately, and we had already clinched the West. There was nothing to the game. Okay, other than us being out of the playoff, but we weren't probably going to get in anyway. Year before that, well, wasn't much of anything either. 
other than it being Ed Orgeron's final game and us competing for a bowl game. But Texas A&M was middle of the pack in the SEC, so on and so on and so on. Every year, it seems LSU-Auburn is compelling. Last year, weird game. Unbelievably close, thrilling, with a crazy ending. Year before that, very weird game, unbelievably crazy ending with crazy highlight real plays. Year before that, they blew us out. Year before that, 2019, a game that we never thought would be that close, ended up being the closest game of the season for LSU. Okay? 2018. Who can forget? I led this live stream talking about all the great moments. Cole Tracy's game-winning field goal. 2017, he had the DJ Chark game. 2016, weird ending with the clock that also ended the Les Miles tenure. 2015, the Leonard Fournette game. It's unreal. This has been the most compelling LSU matchup annually over the past decade. We just ran through all of it. One non-compelling blowout. One. One. Okay? We never talk about the ending that officially ended the Miles tenure. I led this live stream. Did not mention Cole Tracy at all. Crazy game. So do you really think, do you really think this annual matchup of Tigers featuring the two players that most would consider the best individual players of the modern era? Joe Burrow for us and Bo Nix for them. Kidding. There's just so many legendary games. So many. Who remembers that Jared Lee comeback? I was at that game in Jordanaire. That was a crazy one. And that was to avenge the 2010 Cam Newton game. And the 2011 game, Tyron Matthew didn't play. We still blew him out. And that was a Jarvis Landry hit game. There's just so many of these freaking moments. And you just, I mean, it gets even crazier. If you're listening to this, it gets even crazier. I mean, we I know I know we started the live stream talking about the past, but the old schoolers are like, hey, you new schoolers don't know nothing. The seismographs were going off in 88. The seismographs. Oh, what, what was it about the 88 game? It was a 5.3 on the damn Richter scale. And then the 07 game. Flynn to Bird. None of this matchup has made sense, which lends itself back to the stat that we have shared all this week. We always play down to Auburn. We do. We do. And they always play better versus us. Now, there are some years they have a better team than us. Okay. 2020 was one of those years. But LSU never plays their best. So do you really think 
I I never would have thought that this matchup could get weirder. But Hugh Freeze is coaching Auburn. Imagine, imagine that Auburn would be on their third head coach from Arkansas State going up against LSU. It's crazy. Can't write this stuff. Y'all can't write this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You're at you're at the Jerry Lee game too. Thank chance you could have hung out, man. Could have hung out. I was a stupid student. I remember dancing uh in some alley in Jordan Hare. Their campus is beautiful. Beautiful. Now, um God, we gotta give out you guys, you guys must hate Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall and Derek Stingley. I know they're not ever give out their cards on here. Let's, let's let's give this one out today. Brett telling his earthquake uh, 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 earthquake game story. He's to give out an auto. Tonight, we're up in the ante. I thought a Terrace Marshall refractor would be good. But tonight, we're giving out a Duke Riley autograph card. So we can get a focus right here. There you go. Giving out a Duke Riley auto. I think I just got this one not too long ago. Duke Riley auto. If we had a hundo in the Supers. Okay. TJ, what's good, bro? We say hi to LD88, Scooby. I think that I think this game's gonna get weird. I think this game is about to get weird. Where'd you go, TJ? There you go. Arkansas State, the Auburn pipeline. Now let's go through a few things discussing the Auburn Tigers football team. So important to note that I feel as if we're going to be able to run on them. What scares me, though, is the trench battle. They're coming off a of bye week. Like we've mentioned all week, they have won the battle of the trenches so many times versus us in this matchup. And lucky enough, we've still been able to win. Um, and whether they've won the battle of the trenches or not, we, we have always struggled moving them. Okay? So we have got to buckle our chin straps and be able to run the football on them. Um, our run game is a thing of beauty, okay? And you look last year, LSU was second in all of college football in a stat called rush yards after contact. Player X, thank you for Super Chat of the Night. Hit that like button. So I'm glad you you know pointed, uh, did an orange Super Chat here. Because the number one school was Texas. So Texas had Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson, the best like one two running back draft combo we've seen in a while. Okay. And they led the they led all of college football in rush yards after contact. 
they were a distant first, but we were right behind them. Okay, so it was actually a distant first and second, rush yards after contact, and that was because Josh Williams and 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 Noah Kane and those guys had a good season, but it's also because of Jaden Daniels. You look historically at the teams that have good rush yard after contact numbers, you either have beast running backs or you have really good running quarterbacks. Okay, so schools like our teams like the Eagles have really good rush yards after contact. Okay. Miles Sanders was a pro bowler last year. He's now with the Carolina Panthers. He's cooked. He's done. Um, the Ravens have good rush yards after contact because they got Lamar Jackson. Okay. Your running backs play better when you have a dual threat quarterback because if you base out of the zone read, the defensive linemen and the linebackers have to account for Jaden Daniels on every snap. Now, LSU got an upgrade at running back, one that is a little bit heavier. You guys know I love my thickness at running back. And those guys are able to push forward a little bit better through arm tackles. Okay? So, the truth is, okay, the truth is rush yards after contact is a very, very very important stat. Okay. The best running backs can run through arm tackles. It is a lot easier to run through arm tackles when you have a superstar quarterback. We say hi to Nikki. Hey, I see a familiar face in there with Nikki. What's up, Nick? Good to see you. Nikki, hold it down. UAPB, let's go. Shout out to all the Golden Lions. Oh, man. I want Jeremiah Hughes to play. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. I've said it in Patreon. I've said it here. If you play corner at LSU, you deserve your shot. Now. Now. Good to see you, Nikki. What's up, Sibs? Good to see you. The LSU run game is a thing of beauty. Are you? Are you? Are you kidding me? You don't believe the LSU run game is a thing of beauty? It is a thing of beauty. So, enjoy it. I feel as if the uh, I feel as if the LSU run game going into this next week is going to continue to eat. Now, Cliff, I know you're a counter-based guy. You love counter. Okay. If you love counter, go be a Florida State fan. Because we don't need to pull our offensive linemen. We run inside zone. We run duo. We, we don't need any sleight of hand BS. We're just going to run it right down your throats. We actually did run counter, and I will say Miles Frazier has improved on his pulling technique. I'm so proud of Miles Frazier. Probably listen to me after the Florida State game. I was like, I am going to shut up that chubby Bruno Mars, PHL-looking dude, and I'm going to show the world why the Senior Bowl is coming after me. And the Senior Bowl is scouting Miles Frazier, and he has played amazing. 
I'm loving it. What's up, Player X? He wants to talk Logan Diggs. Yeah, so look, Logan's a great story. Obviously, three-star running back. We all know we love our three-star Louisiana players, especially ones that come back to LSU, okay? Keep in mind, all right? How many players on this team were Louisiana recruits that LSU just overlooked? Okay, so you got you got Logan Diggs. You got Major Burns. You got a lot of these guys, right? I love it. I love it. Logan Dix coming back, playing for the home state school. It was a little bit easier for him because of the relationship you have with Brian Kelly. Guy, he's been good. He's been good. And here's something else you got to keep in mind, okay, with, with Logan Dix. This was a bold decision by him to leave Notre Dame and then come to LSU in a room with seven scholarship running backs. And he's been so much better than every single running back on the team. He's got that heart. He's got that dog in him. He's got that mentality that I look for, that we all love. The underdog mentality. Sibley, yes, underrated LSU moment, man. The Derek Dillon throw, that was like the first... Big Joe Burrow throw, right? I think that was like the first one where we were like, holy crap, that was clutch. Scooby, man, I bring the energy every night. This is me, 24-7, 366, baby. There's no off switch here, baby. There's no off switch. I got to earn my keep tonight. This weekend is Haley's birthday. So actually, Haley's birthday is Saturday. And we were going to go to the Auburn game. We had it planned out and everything. Something popped up on Saturday um, with with, with uh, her family. So we're not going to be able to go. So instead, on Friday night for her birthday, going to uh, our favorite restaurant in Louisiana, which is Bovines in, in Ruston. Love Bovines. So making the drive up uh, up there, and it's going to be uh, so good. I haven't been able to go in a while. and. Uh, and yeah, I'm fired up, man. I got to earn my keep, though. Because that bovine's bill can get crazy. Crazy. Not like crazy, crazy. I mean, it's not like if you're going to like Nobu or something like that. But not like Britney Spears crazy. And I'm not talking about her current state, which is also crazy. Uh, I'm talking about the song. That, that's a song wordplay reference. But... I got I got I gotta bring the energy, man. I gotta bring the energy. Green shirt. Yeah, Rob, that kick. Here's the thing about that kick. Okay. Game winning field goals are not made equal. That was a do or die field goal. You make it, we win. You you miss it, we lose. You, you were the final play happening in that game. Okay? Oh, yeah, that run in 2018 versus Georgia. 
We won't talk about Georgia memories until the SEC championship game. Let's go. So uh, this was going to be my next topic anyway. I'm glad you brought that up. By the way, if you super chat, we'll go straight to your topic. Okay. I do, I do want to bring this up. Can LSU still go to the SEC championship game? The answer to that is yes. Now, the bottom line is you need Alabama to lose. Okay, you just do. You just do. You need Alabama to lose for, for that to be the case. Okay. Now we do have a special guest for you, but I'm first going to answer this super chat. Is BTJ getting the respect he deserves nationally yet? I know it's a little early for draft talk, but I wonder what the buzz is for him outside of the LSU community for right now. Okay. So here's a good thing and the bad thing with BTJ. He is playing at an extremely high level to where he can go to the NFL draft and he would get drafted. Obviously, I do think his 40-yard dash would be interesting to a lot of NFL teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he would get drafted. So when he's playing this well, it would be very nice to have him back because we don't have a clear-cut dude coming back next year. Um, not worried about that, though. Your question more so talks about BTJ nationally. Okay. Um Yes, so there was a big debate, and I saw this on Twitter actually today, um, about a Bolitnikoff debate. So each week on three releases their best wide receivers in all of college football, and BTJ was like number 11. And there was a a debate going on, and a Bolitnikoff voter actually got involved in the debate, and this was just someone he has no affiliation to LSU, and he said – uh, it was a debate between if LSU had one or two wide receivers up for the Bolitnikoff. Because we know Malik Neighbors is probably the leading vote getter for it right now. Okay. Uh, either him, Luther Burton, or Harrison, or the or one of the kids from Washington. But the 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 voter said, Hey, hold on just a second. I actually vote for the award. BTJ is in the conversation. So he might not be getting the national respect of Malik Neighbors. I will say this, TJ, BTJ was in this latest uh, college football card release. We'll be giving away some of his cards pretty soon. Um, so he's getting he's getting more national love. I think part of it, TJ, also is he's he's quiet. You know, he's not a look at me really kind of guy. Um, I I know I know he's quiet, uh, but I've seen him do an interview before. He, I mean. I, th- I think LSU needs to put him out there, put his name out there more. I'd say it's good for his, um, good for his brand, good for his reputation. Guy he could play though, and it's a good super chat because he is flying under the radar nationally, not locally, but nationally. Um, so there you go. Now I'm going to need you guys to give me some clap emojis for our guest this evening. He covers Auburn better than absolutely anybody on uh, YouTube and. I've been chatting with him for the past couple of years, seeing his YouTube community grow. It is Vernon Speaks Auburn on PHL. What's up, Vern? What's going on? Uh, definitely excited to be on the uh, show tonight. Um, my name is Vernon Speaks Sports Auburn. Down in deep south, college football is king and on the plains of Auburn. 
the battle cry is War Eagle. This is actually one of my favorite games to watch, my favorite games to cover. And I'm definitely glad to be on the show tonight. And I appreciate Power Hour reaching out to me today because I was actually not even I wasn't even thinking about it. But I was like, hey, let me get back on the scene and talk about this stuff the way that I know how to talk about it. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. So starting things off here at the quarterback position, do you think we'll see more Robbie Ashford after he had some success versus LSU last year? Or do you think it's mostly going to be the Peyton Thorn show on Saturday? Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question because, you know, I was writing some notes and thinking about some things that I wanted to say. But I think Peyton Thorne found something in that Georgia game. He found some uh, run pass option. He found some wide receivers, even though he, he didn't hit. But he threw the ball instead of just surrendering in the pocket. So absolutely not. I think Peyton Thorne is going to be your guy, where well, our guy or whoever's guy, in the LSU game under the lights in Baton Rouge. It's going to be loud. It's going to be raucous there, man. I can't wait to look at it. But Peyton Thorne is going to be your starter, bar none. And as far as the rest of the offense, we're familiar with Jarquez Hunter, the running back, uh, 27. But what everyone in LSU Nation wants to know is the stat versus Power 5 competition. I don't think I've ever seen this. Three games, and in all three games, under 100 yards passing. Why is it that the Auburn passing game hadn't gotten going? Is it because of a lack of weapons? Is it because of Peyton Thorne? What's going on, Verno? Well, here it's, it's kind of like a, a combination of a couple of things. One, the offensive line is con- inconsistent. You have a you know plug-and-play offensive line. I think they've done a good job for the most part, comparatively speaking. Uh, also, the wide receiver uh, position has been a little bit inconsistent. I think Peyton Thorne is still trying to find that guy. Jay Fairweather has been – I don't know why we call him a tight end. He's actually a wide receiver. Kind of reminds me of Chad Evans. You know, it's just piecing this thing together. When you have a, a team that, you know, LSU has been able to combine their talent over a couple of years of recruiting, but you have a plug-and-play situation where Auburn is basically, you know, depending on transfers, I think, you know, decent-level transfers, but you got you to, gotta, uh, you know, get that chemistry together. And I just don't think that Auburn has that chemistry together yet but they did find some. I just feel that they found something in that Georgia game that can give them confidence to get the pass game going on, get the run pass option going on. I think LSU is kind of vulnerable on defense right there in the middle. A lot of teams have been able to have some success right there in the middle of the football field with running. And I think uh, Hugh Freeze will take advantage of that run pass option, given that type of vulnerability. So you might see a different Auburn offense against LSU. What stands out to you about the Auburn offensive line? Because this was a unit during the um, Brian Harson era that was just terrible. I, I mean, they were, they were just awful. Uh, that Penn State game last year, I, I'd never seen a unit block that bad. Um, what, do, you, do you think they've gotten better, or do you think this is a matchup that LSU can exploit? No, I think these guys have gotten better. I think these, you know, they they they've really bought some guys in that have some experience that have have had some success and I think, you know, 
Hugh Freeze has does a good job of analyzing what he wants and what he thinks uh, you know will be uh, successful. So I would say not based on the statistics, but based on the potentiality that these guys have gotten better. I mean, I think they. I mean, they they, they ran the ball not necessarily successfully, but in spots in ways against Georgia that that the team last year wouldn't have been able to do it. Jarquez Hunter is not running over anybody for a touchdown when the game is still on the line with last year's unit. So I think there has been some, you know, uh, argument that these guys are better, but I just don't think we've seen a tangible result yet. Devin believes Auburn will pull the upset. Okay, so let me ask you this, Vernon. Do you think it's in the realm of possibility that Auburn can win this game? Because we saw them compete somewhat in spots versus Texas A&M. Game wasn't ever really in question, but there were some competitive moments there. And then the Georgia game was very competitive from start to finish. Do you think this is a game that Auburn can win? Absolutely. I think it's a game that Auburn can win. Uh, just as all of the games that Auburn has, has uh, competed against up to this point, they've had spots, they've had opportunities. But as we know, in Power Five and in what we like to arrogantly call SEC football, you can't have spots. Right. You gotta. You gotta have a line. You gotta have consistent passing. You gotta have consistent uh, a consistent running back. Auburn still, even though we we mentioned Jarquez Hunter. Auburn still just doesn't have a consistent running back that they can depend on. I think you have a lot more of Brian Batte, uh with Auburn, and I, I don't see why we don't utilize Sean Jackson, the big power back that can get you about five or six yards and maybe yeah. 15. I don't see why we do that. But can Auburn win this game? I think absolutely, especially considering some of LSU's vulnerability you know, with, you know, giving up those those runs up the middle, um, also giving up some some passes downfield. Maybe Auburn gets some confidence there. But here is the key factor. If Auburn is going to win this football game, especially on the road, you know, you I mean, worst case scenario, you got to play LSU and Baton Rouge at seven o'clock at night. But Auburn has to continue their trend on defense of not only getting the the um, their opponent off the field early on third downs, but they have to continue to create turnovers and not only create turnovers, but create turnovers for, for scores. 14 points against Georgia was created off of Auburn turnovers. That's crazy. So let's talk about this Auburn defense. Ron Roberts obviously uh, has done, uh, overall, I would say a pretty good job uh, with, with this unit. Uh, considering that the Auburn offense has had its its moments, uh, some poor moments. Uh, what really stands out to you about Auburn defensively? Well, I was going to talk about this um, when we talk about matchups. I think the matchup between Eugene Asante and Jalen uh, Jaden Daniels will be the one to watch. Jaden Daniels, uh, for you guys, surprisingly, he does not mind running the ball in between the tackles. I don't get that. Like he, he almost got his career ended against Florida state and <laughs> he doesn't mind running between the tackles. So just look for Eugene Asante who has had a monstrous season so far to 
be the spy against Jaden uh, Daniels. I think the Auburn defense plays with a lot of passion. I think they're very young. I think they're in some spots they're very inexperienced and they have suffered some injuries. Uh, Kite, the uh, defensive tackle, he's out for the season. That's something that you want to look out for too. Uh, but Marcus Jones for Auburn is just having a great season interiorly, so you want to look out for that as well. I still, in SEC football, with how teams like to attack the ball uh, horizontally, I'm still kind of wary of the defense. If Auburn can kind of establish their identity early, I think this could be a, a, a really good stalemate between Auburn and LSU. Just like in in you know, earlier years and, and other times that this game has just been to where LSU, in my opinion, has always been superiorly talented uh, against Auburn. But some kind of way, Auburn always makes it a game. It takes me back to 2012. Arguably one of the worst Auburn teams in history. Almost beat LSU at home 12, 12 uh, LSU won 12 to 10. And it shouldn't have been that way. You talk about even last year, there's no way that LSU should have been scared to death that Auburn was going to beat them. Yeah. And here we are, you know. So this is going to be a – I mean, a, a spec. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jalen Simpson. This is a guy that I feel has been y'all's best player this year. Well, Jalen Simpson, for a long time, he was playing that boundary cornerback. but he was switched and one of, one of my guys that I talked to about, you know, content of, you know, YouTube. And he was like, look, Jalen Simpson needs to be a safety. And he was absolutely right. Jalen right. Simpson has performed phenomenally in that position. He performs with a lot of swagger. He's, he has a, a eye for the football. He made a key play against Georgia. One of those that I talked about the turnover that turned into a touchdown and if Jalen Simpson is healthy, which he needs to be for Auburn to be successful in this game, I think will be a key factor in this game. Yeah, so for you personally, um, how has the Auburn fan base um, accepted Hugh Freeze? And how do you like him? I mean, I think he's incredible. I, I think he has given Auburn an element of hope uh, from a recruiting standpoint. Um, he's done everything so far that he said that he would do. He said that he would be competitive. He said he would have his guys ready. But I love his honesty. He knows, for the most part, to compete with, you know, the higher tier teams in the SEC and, you know, the onboarding of Oklahoma and Texas. He He's admitted, I don't have that thousand yard receiver right now. I don't have I don't have what I need to be as successful as you guys want me to be, especially with the transfer portal, allowing, you know, teams to kind of, uh, you know, piece their teams together real quick, especially on top of what they already have. He's like, I ain't got it yet, but we're going to compete week in and week out. We're going to give our team the best opportunity to be successful. And when he talks about, even with LSU this week, he was like, look, we're, we're, we're not talking about going in and whooping ass. We're talking about going in, giving ourselves an opportunity to compete, and that's what I can respect about him, the honesty. Um, I liked what he said about Jaden Daniels, but I want to go to Adam here. He's got a PHL shirt on and his avatar. He's a sharp guy. Vernon, did you know, and, and this could be breaking news for you. I know you're a super busy guy. This is the worst defense LSU has ever had. 
Well, I saw it in the Missouri game. I mean, yeah. they, they absolutely – that's why it kind of gave me some casual optimism. Yeah. I've, I've never seen LSU play defense like this. I've never seen the lack of tenacity in the secondary. I've just never seen teams able to just kind of sort of pick them apart. I think Missouri is a great football team. They did a great job getting Theo Weiss out of Oklahoma. And, they, you know, they've done some good things. But LSU is usually dominant on defense in at least some area. But you don't see that domination that you normally see. So I, I would casually say that he may be on to something. Black OT with the super chat. Do you remember Gerard Powers hitting Andrew Hatch? He was a he was a quarterback at LSU so hard he made Andrew Hatch quit. Gerard Powers, now that's a that's a throwback right there, Verno. Oh, it's definitely a throwback. That's now that goes back to what I wanted to talk about. And yeah. after rivalry became so somewhat prolific as it has. Because if you remember in the 2000s, let's say the 2002, say about 2008, 2009, Auburn and Alabama really weren't where they, you know, usually are. That was that that was that string where Auburn beat Alabama six games straight. And during that time, LSU became somewhat of Auburn's rival because of the dramatics and the consequences of those games. You think about 2004 when, you know, nobody thought about Auburn being an undefeated team, but all of a sudden in Jordan Harris stadium, they beat Nick Saban and Will Muschamp, you know, 10 to nine, or I can't remember right now what the score was led Auburn to a 13 and old season. Then you right. less miles with the, I mean, I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but the pass in the corner for the touchdown, another dramatic win. It, it's like, right. El- now, Auburn has become such a rivalry because of the flair of dramatics. How many named games do we have for this? You know, you've got the fire, you got all these other different things. And there's no wonder Auburn and LSU will never be, I don't give a damn what their record, unless they're just absolutely terrible, will never be a 12 o'clock game on ESPN. It'll right. always be primetime. I love it. Check him out. Vernon Speaks Auburn. Um, I, I, I want to bring this up. Is, is, it, is, it, is it okay if I bring up what you do as, as a day job? Because I found this so okay. fascinating. And it's, it's, it, I, I love it. So uh, let, let's get to the super chat, though, first. I got to love this. JD will get hurt if he doesn't start sliding. Yeah, and that's what he's <laughs> talking about. Eugene uh, can, can hit number nine. So just to put some jersey numbers with players, number nine, Asante, the linebacker, uh, can can play. 36 can play. Jalen Simpson, um, really good players. 27 is their best offensive player in Jarquez Hunter. So those are the numbers you got to remember. Now, Vernon, well, I, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you tell the people what you do, man. You, you got such a fun job. Oh, man, this is arguably one of the most fun jobs that I've ever had. As a matter of fact, this is how I actually kicked off my YouTube channel because I was just ta- I, I was actually in uh, Georgia and, you know, talking about Auburn football and all this other stuff to the customers. And we had this whole little uh, 
Breakfast Club where they'd be like, hey, um, <laughs> the because the, the, it's in actually in University of Georgia country. Yeah, exactly. So they so they call me War Eagle. They're like, hey, War Eagle, what do you think about the game this weekend? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but to let you guys know, this is probably arguably one of the staples of the South. Um, there is nobody on this live that I can think of that has never eaten at the Waffle House. And I'll let you guys know, for many years, I've been an operator at the Waffle House, in addition to doing Vernon Speak Sports Auburn, to the point to where I'm now a multi-unit manager at Waffle House, one of the, my favorite possible uh, places to uh, eat and work. Uh, so this is this is definitely a, a great thing for me. So I appreciate you uh, for shouting that out. Because <laughs> Well, and, well, you know what? What was was crazy? I'm in Athens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a customer that, because of the sound of my voice, he was like, "Hey, are you Vernon Speaks?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Man, I'm subscribed to your channel." He's a freaking Georgia fan, so it's just amazing how this thing has all worked out, and um, definitely look forward to a great football game. Uh, this Saturday. Thankfully, I'm off to where I can look at the game uninterrupted, and I might even do a live now that... Now, now let me tell you about me and Power Hour's conversation earlier today. Yeah, yeah, go on ahead. Yeah, he was like, what do you mean you're not going to show your face? I was yeah. like, well, I haven't had time to wear... But now, <laughs> now I get it. Like, why don't you show your freaking face? Like, get back to doing what you do, man. You know, so... Um, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah. Like I said, for all the Auburn fans out there, and I want to give a big shout out to my uh, frat brother Andre Ivy, who has family from Baton Rouge. Okay. He's an Alabama fan, but he, you know, he he obviously likes LSU. Want to give a big shout out to him. Well, what frat? Huh? What oh, frat? Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, uh, Theta Delta Chapter, Auburn University. Um, so. I uh, want to give a big shout out to all the Auburn fans and LSU fans. Y'all guys be safe and don't take this thing way out of context, which I know you will because you're going to be drinking all day and the game doesn't start until Saturday, uh, 7. It's going to be some great tailgating down in Baton Rouge. And like I've said before, uh, down in Deep South, college football is king. And on the plains of Auburn, the battle cry is War Eagle. Cap Alpha Psi, the candy canes, man. Yep. There you go. Yeah, I got I got a few family that uh, that 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 are in that glorious fraternity. Let me yes. ask you this before before we let you go. I know I know you're a busy guy. And it's it's late on the East Coast. Um, have you have you ever have you ever seen a late night Waffle House brawl that you had to go and go break up or anything like that? I absolutely have not, fortunately. Okay, but, <laughs> but what I have seen is the after now this was the correct. <laughs> When I was working at Waffle House in Albany, Georgia, the way I knew we made sales was based on broken beer bottles. And <laughs> if, if the parking lot wasn't nasty, if, the, if, if it didn't have beer bottles and all kind of crazy stuff in the parking lot, I knew we weren't busy that night. <laughs> <laughs> 
but Waffle House is definitely a great company to work for, and yeah, get it. Uh, that's so that, that's 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 so great, man. I love it. Um, nothing nothing like the wall, nothing like the Waffle House. My wife calls it the 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 the, the Waffle Hole. She loves it. Got to get those waffies, okay. man. Ain't nothing like it. Uh, you have a final score for us uh, on Saturday. I absolutely do, but I don't want to give it, but I'll give it anyway. Uh, you know, I think Auburn is in a place to where they're still trying to find some identity. I think LSU has more identity than Auburn does at this point. Um, I think, you know, you talk about having a home game with, you know, I mean, LSU, I think, is not superiorly talented, but I think they have a team that's a role that has some good things down the stretch. Um, LSU, interestingly enough, I kind of, I'm kind of looking at LSU as a team that if they can do the right things, that stretch could be one of the first, well, be the first two loss team that could make it to the college football playoffs. They have a real strange game against Army. Oh, and I'm like, that's homecoming. I'm like, what's, you know, what's that all about? You know, you take on Army, but then you got that stretch to where you take on, uh, uh, Alabama and Tuscaloosa, which I think is a manageable game. But yeah. let's get on subject. I think LSU is starting to see what they have in front of them. Excellent in Les Miles. I just think Auburn has enough. I think they have the I think they have the desire. I think they want to beat LSU worse than anybody knows. But I got I got LSU 28 to 14. I just don't think I just don't think Auburn has enough to stay in the game long-term, especially when things start to get tough. Jaden Daniels is going to break one. He's going to have a backbreaker in this game, and it's going to be a 28 to 14 game. I, I just, that's just what I see. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to look good for Auburn going into halftime, but I just think the wheels are just going to kind of stumble a little bit after that. Vernon, We'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Glad to be on. Take care. All right. All right. Cheers. Oh, that was so good. The Waffle House, man. The Waffle House. Yeah, I know, TJ. He said 28 to 14. I was like, wait, the defense only giving up 14 points? All right. Now, this has happened before. And it's fine because Vernon's been on here once, and he has joined the illustrious two-guest club. Okay. When we have a guest, I don't need you guys fighting in the comment section. Okay. Y'all should be firing in questions for our guests like Black OT did. Okay. You have an Auburn expert. He watches him every single day of his life. When he's not doing that, he's managing Fight Club, aka Waffle House. Waffle House, I expect an NIL deal after this. <laughs> when he said 14, everybody just like spit out their drinks. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> Player X is probably like, wait, hold on. Wait, is, is Patrick Peterson back for us? Is, is, is Glenn Dorsey suiting up? Is Corey Webster? Is... Duke Riley showing up. By the way, we're giving out a Duke Riley autograph card. And when we get to a hundo in Super Chats, we're halfway there. And I think right after this quick break, 
we will talk about, because you guys have been fighting about it in the comment section, does Jaden need to start sliding? I will give you that answer right after this. Now, the first thing I want to say is shout out to LC Nation, baby. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to louisianacontrols.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. Commercial HVAC needs Louisiana controls. Okay. You guys have been debating the sliding. I'm going to answer this as an adult. This always happens when I have a guest on. It's always one big fight in the comment section over something. Normally, it's Jaden related. Okay. Does Jaden Daniels need to quit taking the hits that he's taken? Yes. He is such a smart football player. On and off the field, he is unbelievably smart. Okay? He watches a lot of film. He knows all these things. Okay? He is hurting the team by not sliding after gaining a ton of yards. Now, there are some instances when he has to take a hit. But even in the Missouri game, okay, and I've been saving this. I was going to see what would happen versus his Auburn game. But the Missouri game where he got slammed to the ground, he does stroll into the end zone from time to time where he doesn't, like, really protect himself. He'll sometimes just get, like, kind of give his body up for a big hit. We saw this versus Florida. And that, you know, gives yourself the opportunity to 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 be a punching bag right there. So when you're getting close to the end zone, just dive head first in there. Protect your body. So he needs to do a better job of protecting himself. Okay. But two things about the sliding thing. The first is you have to understand context. The Florida State hit he took was not smart. The hit he took versus Mississippi State in the open field that got the guy ejected for targeting, that was not smart. Okay, those kinds of hits need to be eliminated. But there are a lot of hits he cannot eliminate from his game because there are yard, those are yards that we have to pick up. There are ways he can do a better job of protecting himself. I just issued with what I said about him running into the end zone. The second thing is it's ironic that people are bringing up the sliding thing. He got hurt last year versus Auburn sliding. That's how he got hurt. Okay. Um, now, that wasn't the only thing that probably contributed to that injury, but it, it he slid awkwardly. Now, I do think some of it has to do with the grass on Auburn's field that night. That was the thickest grass we have ever seen on a football field that was thick thicker than cold peanut butter thick that was thicker than thick could be thick okay and that partially led to this iconic photo of greg brooks okay the grass was thick very 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 thick okay 
So maybe Jaden doesn't know how to slide. It's not an easy thing to do, right? You have to keep this in mind when a quarterback slides, all right? You really do. All these factors. The first is when you slide, you are down immediately. So the football actually goes backwards by a half a yard when you slide. So when you slide, you got to make sure you're past the line to gain. The second thing is you also have to be able to know how to slide. Now, should Jaden know how to slide? Yeah, uh, he should. Get Dylan Cruz over there to teach him how to do it. Uh, I, I don't know. But you, you, you act like his sliding ability is like unbelievable. Like he's freaking Ricky Henderson out there. No, it's, it's, it, it's not his best attribute. Is this something he should know how to do by now? Sure. But a lot of the runs he has had up to this point, I've already listed the hits that he should not have taken. Okay. But the old miss hit, he had to go get those yards to gain. It was third down. Okay. The guy made a good play on him. And something very strange about Jaden is like he's able to turn a corner so easy that, you know, sometimes that allows yourself to get squared up, right? He turned the corners on those old miss linebackers. The safety was able to read it and just tear them up. Okay. But I do want to point this out as well. It's also part of who Jaden is, right? Walter, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it. You get to pick the next topic. Go right on ahead. Um, part of Jaden, he he he's a gritty guy. Like I, I I'll share the story again. So when I did my first couple of Jaden videos, when he announced that he was transferring, I was pretty freaking excited. I did a uh, a video of him, all 10 of his interceptions. And um, and I got a message from someone in his orbit, and he said, hey, I want to talk to you. I think you're doing a fair job, you know, breaking him down, but I want to give you some some background on him. And he, he told me a lot of very interesting stories, right? And he said, the one thing you're going to love about him is the intangibles. Whatever he does on the field, it won't match what he does off the field. And I was like, oh, okay, so like philanthropy, all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, that, but he's just a gritty guy. He's a leader of men. He doesn't make excuses. I think Jaden was furious that, you know, it got out that he had the flu after the Arkansas game. He played bad. He had a nine QBR. Uh, he doesn't like excuses, you know. So he is, he's a no-nonsense, buckle-your-chin-strap, blue-collar kind of guy. He's a gritty dude, right? I think that's just part of his mentality, okay? Um, you know, and obviously that competitive aspect, you do need to obviously mesh that with being smarter. You do, okay? Jaden needs to be smarter about protecting his body. I would agree with that. But let's act, let's not act like just sliding, like what you guys are arguing about is to be all in. It's not that easy. It's just not. Granted, I've been throwing with my kids in the neighborhood lately. My arm was sore after five throws. So I am anything but a physical specimen uh, to comment on what physically is and is not possible. But having spoken to 
plenty of quarterbacks in the past. Sliding isn't the easiest thing, especially now that they've gotten so good at spotting the slides. Okay? All right, Walter, any topic you want to get to, we can go straight to it. Derek, what's good, man? Uh, we got a bunch of Mason Taylor cards coming in that we're going to be giving out on here. Uh, so there you go. Now, next thing. Uh, we normally, uh, we did it last time. We know it's normally on Wednesdays, but we'll, we'll take a look at the rest of the SEC. Obviously, you know, this SEC and college football slate of games aren't as tasty as this last week's slate of games. Uh... It's it's crazy. Um, before I get into that, I do want to bring one thing up, and I understand this this could come off a little wrong. Okay, so that's okay. Sometimes you take chances. I understand. I got plenty of supporters. It's that's cool. I'm I'm very blessed to get to do this. I am going to be interested to see Tiger Stadium on Saturday night. Okay. So for the Arkansas game, I was there. It was so unbelievably hot that day. Okay. So the weather should be cooler. But either way, the stands changed during the course of that game. Okay. There were people who left in the rich seats, okay? I've seen some Twitter debate about this, but um, but I'm lucky to know people that go to all these SEC stadiums. I've been to quite a few of them. I've not been to an SEC road game, though. I think ah, it's, it's been a while. I need Tiger Stadium to be rocking. It may not seem like it, but Death Valley, if you actually go look at the yard per play splits of home and away, the crowd noise matters so much. It just does. Okay? So if you're watching this right now and you sit in one of those seats, or if you're listening to this on a podcast or whatever, sit your ass for the entire game. I know you got to beat the traffic. I know Baton Rouge traffic is the worst traffic after a game. And there really is no way of fixing it. Okay? I've done some reading on it. I don't direct traffic. It's not something that interests me. But anyone that knows the layouts of Tiger Stadium and the surrounding areas, it's hard as hell to get out. But this is the last freaking time we're going to be playing Auburn for at least a few years. Okay. Now I understand. Well, you're sitting your ass at home. And you you said you were going to the game. Now you can't go. Can't help that something popped up. Can't go to the game. Wanted to go. Had tickets to go. There's a lot of national media going. I think Barstool's doing a show down there. 
I, I, I think there's a lot of festivities going around there. I got plenty of tailgates. I got, trust me, I had so much fun for the Arkansas game. I'd do anything to go back. So I understand it. it, it I, I'll be real. It, it may sound hypocritical because I don't go as many games as some of you that watch this. And I understand church is is is, is important. Got to get up early, go praise the Lord on or, or whichever metaphysical being you, you support. Got to get up early. Got, you got work the next day. I understand it. And you got to beat the traffic and it's your paid ticket and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. I get it. But when I tell you, I look at the numbers, you matter. The, the, the noise you make matters. If you're in that building, you matter. I don't matter. I can't have an effect on the game. I can't. You can. The noise you create matters. Every single one of you matter. Get in there. Be freaking loud. Because I tell you this. You know where the crowd noise really helps? Defense is where it really helps. So freaking bring the energy. Now, are there some things Tiger Stadium needs to improve on? Yes. Yes, there's so many things. So many things. I know some people want LED light shows in between quarters. I know uh, some of you have your opinions on the in-stadium DJ. Some food in some areas of the stadium isn't what you would expect it to be. Um, Whatever the case may be. But you matter. Ultimately, the stadium experience comes down to you. What you make of it. Do you know, if you are going to the game, do you know how many people that are LSU fans that have never, ever stepped foot in Baton Rouge? Yeah, I'm just saying step foot in Baton Rouge. They've also never gone to a game. If you live in Baton Rouge, you kind of take it for granted that you've been to 10, 15, 20, and you've gotten to see Flynn Bird and all this stuff. Uh, you got to see Joe Burrow and all this stuff. You got to see all those things. We had a guy, RSX, he's not in here now. He works two jobs. Uh, you know, a few like six months ago, we said we're 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 gonna do a PHO meetup at the Arkansas game. Flew in from Minnesota. Um, and and that was the first time he'd ever been in Tiger Stadium. So if you want to leave early, leave early. Do what you gotta do. But if the game is close, I don't know. Don't take your NyQuils until 11. I don't know. Support the team. Stay there. It matters. Okay? Here's Branson Cat. He's the biggest LSU, the biggest young LSU fan I know. It, it's, it, it, it's up there. There needs to, there needs to be... Oh, this is crazy. Stadium door in the 50s. TJ, I like this. Okay. So let's let's chat some recruiting. Okay. And don't forget, Walter, any topic you want to talk about, we'll go straight to it. Okay. Uh no, it look. I'll, I'll still talk recruiting during the season. I just don't want it to be the main thing we talk about. 
because it's 16, 17, 18 year old kids during the season. And we're so close to December anyway. So there you go. But Bryce Underwood is coming to the game this weekend. Okay. Now, there are people like Jared and others that don't give a you know what about recruiting. Okay. And that's perfectly fine. You especially don't care about recruiting when we're talking about the class of 2025. But just to give you some perspective here, Bryce Underwood is the eighth highest ranked quarterback prospect of all time. Let me repeat. He is the eighth highest ranked quarterback prospect of all time. Now, if he were to commit, he would be the third highest ranked recruit we have ever had at LSU, according to 247's composite. Leonard Fournette's number one. I think Derek's going to be number two, and then he's number three. I might be mistaken. I, I think Underwood might be number two. I know the rankings shift every which way. And he plays quarterback. Okay. And LSU has put a lot of resources into recruiting him. A lot. Okay. Now he is from Michigan. Michigan wants him really bad, of course. And I think it is going to be down between us and Michigan. Okay. Um, this is vitally important. DeCorian Moore has a relationship with Bryce Underwood. He is a five-star receiver for the class of 2025. Okay. So it matters. It really does. Obviously, a lot could change from now until signing day. But it is important to note that quarterbacks commit earlier than all the other positions. Okay. So the truth is you have got to get this guy. But Carter, don't you say there's no such thing as a must-get recruit? True, but I'm telling you right now, LSU is putting a lot into this, okay? We're also in conversations with George McIntyre. He is the number two quarterback in that class. He is also a five-star. I think that's a longer shot than this, okay? Bryce Underwood is good. He is really good, okay? I've watched a decent amount of him. Very live arm, has some dual threat ability. And look, I do think Jaden it, it will rub off on him some, okay? Jaden is also a dual threat quarterback who also is from a different part of the country. So you had Burrow come in to LSU, no big deal. Had Jane Daniels come in, no big deal. So, how would this timeline work out if you were to commit? Okay. Perfectly. Absolutely, positively, perfectly. Okay. Bryce Underwood said in an interview that he does want immediate playing time. Okay. So, if he is class of 2025... Let's just say Garrett Nussmeyer comes in next year and lights it up. He has two years of eligibility remaining after this year. What if Garrett Nussmeyer goes out there and lights it up? 
Well, he'll slide up some NFL draft boards. You got to keep in mind, the next year's quarterbacks aren't as good when it comes to NFL draft cycles as this year's quarterback. So this year's quarterbacks is Shador Sanders, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Those have kind of floated to be in the top three. And then you still have Jordan Travis. You still have Michael Penix. You still have Bo Nix. So that's three more for you. You still have Jaden Daniels. You still have Riley Leonard. Next year is going to be easier to ascend because that's the Cade Klubnik, Drew Allar class, Connor Wigman class. How many of those three guys have you said, holy gee willikers, this guy is the next great thing? All three of them have shown flashes, but I don't think any single one of you have said, goodness gracious, great balls of Jesus. This guy is the next thing. So Garrett Nussmeyer could come in ball out, out of town. Quarterback battles between Colin Hurley, Ricky Collins, and a true freshman in Bryce Underwood. Okay? It is right there. Right there. Now, you'd have to beat out Colin Hurley and Ricky Collins. That's no guarantee. Colin Hurley DM'd me his, his highlights. They looked good. He looks better. He looks faster. He's doing more things with his legs. Um, he's reading coverage. Um, you guys know I'm a big Colin guy. Okay. Um, but, man, to have him and Bryce Underwood in the same quarterback room as a year one, year two project, God, that's just crazy. That is an unfreaking believable amount of quarterback talent all in one room. Okay. TJ, traffic is horrendous. Yeah, player X, it's, it's, it's a weird thing about the traffic thing. You know, there's, like, for instance, um, my dad stays till the end of the game. He doesn't have as long a drive back to his, to his house, though. Okay. You got to think that there's people driving back to Metairie. Like, for instance, um, a friend of mine drove back to Memphis, um, Tigers Avenue, yeah, d- d- drove back to Memphis, and it took him two hours to get out of Baton Rouge. Okay, two hours to just get just to get out of Baton Rouge. Also, something else you got to keep in mind with the traffic is nobody just drives cars. Okay, so you think about all those cars. They're not cars; they're tanks. People drive tanks now. 
Go to any suburban SUV, soccer mom car. That thing is a freaking tank. It is Jerome Bettis in car form. Okay? You can fit 12 Jerome Bettises in, in, in that vehicle. So you got tank after tank after tank. They're hauling their tailgates. The thing that's really brutal, though, is if you're sitting in that traffic and all your buzz wears off. Obviously not behind the wheel. Let's go to Trey. Welcome to the channel, Trey. Good to see you. (laughs) Random question. Did you work at University Methodist Aftercare in college? As a matter of fact, I did. That's crazy, Trey. Daggum, man. (laughs) Wait, are you? No, that's not Trey. Trey? Are you freaking kidding me? What up, man? I'm kidding, Trey. I never worked there. I'm I'm joking. I'm totally joking, man. Trey was like, oh my God, look at this. You got into YouTube. I'm kidding. I didn't, Trey. Yeah, I am the last person you want to be working in the medical profession. What the funny thing is, is my family is very well embedded in the medical profession. Lots of doctors, nurses. A lot of my friends are doctors, nurses. I commend you, though, for doing that. And welcome to the channel. Um So yeah, I this this is what I would recommend if you were to if you want to get out of Dodge as quick as you possibly can. Okay. What I would do is do not if you if you're parking at at at, at the stadium, okay. Now it's been years because my cousin I I it's a little bit different because now when I go to a game I have to immediately go do my post-game show at my cousin's house, which is like right off campus. So it's a little bit different for me. So I've not done this in years. But the key is you have got to park a little bit further away from campus. Okay? You, you, You do. So as Trey points out, I was just messing with you, Trey. Uh, if if you do park a little bit further away from campus, you'll be fine. One area I do recommend parking. Do do you guys recommend the uh? Do you guys recommend parking around the the Dalrymple Lakes? Uh. Because if you walk that far, you could probably get to, you know, I-10 and be gone to Lafayette. Um, It just depends. I don't know what the traffic looks like in that region. Uh, 
but yeah, you know, for, for most trade people just don't know how to get out of there. But the thing is, is like, if, if you have a parking pass, you're screwed. You're, you're just screwed because you're, you're going to be gridlocked in the lot that you're going to be in. Right. Uh oh. Ooh, I don't know about this. Parking, park, park along the north side of Stadium on Nicholson. It's got a Claude. I recommend parking in front of the hotel near the walk on headquarters. There's like two minutes walk from the stadium. Oh no, that doesn't that place get <laughs> I feel like this is intentionally bad advice. <laughs> Claude is like, don't give out all the secrets. I I uh, I'm telling everyone to park in the in a gridlock there. For some reason I'm thinking Nicholson is not a good place to park. Yeah, I would not. I wouldn't. I would not recommend go there. It's just so many freaking people, man. All right. Here we go. This might get me demonetized, but I'll go in and play it. Actually, hold on. Let me see if I could do this real quick. Yeah, I could do this. Let me do this. All right, y'all. We got ourselves a Hail Mary. This is my first time seeing it. Oh, this is Holgo against his old team, right? Oh, roll out to his left. Hail Mary. Oh, oh, that that's not how that ended. There's no way. Oh, my God. And it was at home. Oh, oh. there's no way. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, my God. I'm surprised they had a, a, a dude barehanded on freaking. Look at his face. Stephon Johnson. He's like, I am him. Look at this. Okay. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So, yeah, the defender... We, we could get back to right here. The defender... It actually just got knocked up in the air. 
Zero, the guy with bare hands. How do you have a, a guy on hands team with bare hands? He was the one that made the play. Zero. Zero was the one who batted it up in the air. Single digit with bare hands. That's an aesthetic. Wear number zero. Let's go. So zero made the play, and then Johnson was just there for cleanup duty. Y'all, I am obsessed. And if you're listening to this on podcast form, I'm sorry. Um, I am obsessed with Hail Mary defense. Okay. The one thing you don't want to do is this Mike linebacker right here was just too far back, right? Look at how far he sunk, okay? So right here, one did a good job of rolling out to his left here. The one thing that made no sense, if you're the right end, okay, you don't want to lose contain, okay? You just don't, and he lost contain. Who cares if he runs up the middle right here, okay? The second thing, there's no reason for this Mike linebacker to be 15 yards back. There's nobody running around right here. This Mike backer should have been about where this blue line was or even the, the, the gold line right here because now it's just too far of a running start for you to get to this guy and even affect him. And the quarterback knows you're not going to hit him here either. So you see, he even in the situation with the late hit rules, you see, he even had to let up right here at the blue line. If he was at the goal line, he would have been at least right here in his lap. Okay, and that would have forced him to throw this football against the grain. You see right here, he was able to reset his feet and then chunk it. Okay, not that's what allowed this to even happen. And then obviously, this was just a good play by zero. I mean, everything is pretty much covered here. You just, oh yeah, this is the mistake right here. In this spot, if you're a DB, you want to swipe the football down. You see right here, he's going for the interception, okay? Jay Ward made this mistake on the, the Hail Mary they got on us in the Florida game in 21. You you should go into this not trying to catch it. You want to just bat it straight down. So your arms want to go straight down instead of straight up. And then that allowed the ricochet to go straight up, and you get the miracle touchdown. A little easier said than done. Zero just made a really good play right there. And that's college football for you. Mick, don't forget, email me right when you get to the game. That's cool. You grew up with Andre Ware. That's dope. Nah, Branson, I, I'm, I, I, we, we had to cancel. That out of my control too. Very, very, very bummed out. And it's Haley's birthday weekend too. Hit me up, Mick. I'm gonna be looking at the emails, man. Can't freaking wait. PHL legend Mick is going to the game.
Why why am I becoming a bigger Deion Sanders fan by the day? The thing that the the, the it's it's there's so there's there's things I disagree with them on. But I am starting to just slowly morph into a Deion super fan. Not treating five stars like their royalty. Man, I just love it all. I love it all. Mac's coming. Big Mac coming in town. I know who's not going. Jared. Jared who went to not one but two road games in back-to-back weeks. How about it? Actually, no. Jared went to Florida State. You didn't go to Oxford. No, actually, you did. You did went to Oxford. So Jared has been to every road game. He's been to every single road game this year. I love it. But I'm glad Branson Cat is in here. The one thing I agree with Dion more than anything, if you're not a playmaker, don't wear a single-digit number. Okay? Dude, it drives me crazy. When single-digit numbers don't make plays. Sometimes I think it can weigh you down. You, you, you're, not, you're not worthy of it. Only playmakers should wear single digits. That, that's it. That's it. And before you get that single digit, prove... That you deserve it. Prove it. Now, why do I make a big deal out of that? Because every player wants the lowest digit number possible. Sometimes I think players with lower digit numbers get booted out of them so better players can have the lower digit number. Okay? Don't wear it. Now, one guy... Who got a pretty big time single digit number? It's a guy named Kyron Lacey. My opinion on Kyron Lacey changed after the Missouri game. He made so many plays this past weekend blocking. And I was like, hold on, Kyron, let's go. Jonathan Giles, Giles, Giles. He wasn't actually bad. It's just I really do think the number seven just wore wore on him. Like, I think people forget how good he was at Texas Tech. The dude was a freaking monster. Giles put up crazy numbers. But I think it was with Mahomes. That's true, Pegasus. And some of that isn't them. Some of that is a fan, like the college football fans. So here's what you're going to do. 
In the next five to 10 minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep it going. And guess what? We are 30 away from giving out a Duke Riley autograph card. $30 away in super chats. Oh, the Phillies are about to knock out the Braves? Okay. Travis Kelsey. Like, it makes no sense how good he is. I know everyone's making the Taylor Swift stuff, but like, I don't think I can even consider him a tight end. Him and Patrick Mahomes play a different sport. No one else does what they do. Like the breaking off the routes in the play, just finding the spots, just like, you know, they had that NFL mo- films moment versus the Bears where. Travis Kelsey was supposed to, you know, go out, but instead he went in. And Mahomes knew he was going in. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. He he has a bum ankle. He's 34. He's my age. Okay, I know I'm not a world-class athlete. I've won 5Ks. I can barely run a mile. I'm washed. I know I'm washed. My body has changed. I feel it. I'm sore. I can't go throw with these kids in the neighborhood at the same level even a year ago. Nine catches for 124 yards tonight. Guys, unbelievable. And Russell Wilson's my age, too. Oh, Russ. You knew Jerry Judy was going to play a bad game after Steve Smith said that about him. Did did y'all see that? Steve Smith, what he said about Jerry Judy before the game was so good. Thank you, Sibs. So, So Sibley saw him. Sibley saw that. Man, I hope so. Yeah, Jared's been talking me out of a uh, talking me into a trip to Missouri. Once again, I want to shout out TJ. Speaking of sponsorships, Louisiana Controls, LouisianaControls.com, commercial HVAC energy needs. If you're, and for those that don't know what that means, if you're a business and you're not happy with your air conditioning, heating, cooling systems, energy management, just visit LouisianaControls.com. 225 
924-4990. Let's go. So, I'll go back to the stadium thing. Jared did Super Chat earlier, and I was kind of waiting for Jared to get in here tonight. So, Jared goes to all the road games. He just does, all right? So, his opinion does matter more. I'm just being honest. He has been to more road games. He's been to them at night. He's been to the morning ones. I have the same opinion as this. And I know I shared this earlier, but the sound system's not as good. I will tell you who sound system, and this was all the way back in 2010, 2012. Auburn sound system is ridiculous. Okay. I think Branson. I saw I, I had a few friends on that panel today. Branson and quote our guy Dion. I ain't hard to find. I'm a graduate. I would happily do it. But then again, those are like actual media people. I don't know if they wanted like a YouTuber per se. Um, but all of them are super talented. What was it? it? Was I saw Kelsey Wingard? So Kelsey Wingard was my friend. She was my classmate. We were in the. Um, manship school together. Um, obviously, no Scona. I think. Uh, obviously, Ryan Clark. There was someone else that I think I knew on there. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess I am media. I used to do the credential thing and cover the games. I still I still would I I. There's a piece of me that misses covering the games. But but there uh Yeah, Reggie Chapman. I didn't know Reggie. I don't know Ray. I've talked I think I've retweeted a few of his things. Very talented. Uh TV reporter. Pegasus asked a good question. Has there ever been a good Thursday night football? Okay. I'm always for more football than less football. Okay. But one thing I've learned as, as I've gotten older is scarcity matters in all walks of life. And as you get older, you start to realize that there are fewer days left in your life. Right. I know it sounds bleak, but it's just true. As you get older, you just realize that. Um,
scarcity is so important. And the good thing about Thursday night is the volume of games is scarce. It's one game. So you get a collective audience. So everybody's got to watch all the same ads, all the same stuff. But it's it's not it's not healthy. It's it's not healthy. Um, and what I would have done if I were Amazon is do something even more radical. And I think this could be done. It would be hard, but what I would do if I was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay, so the XFL and the USFL just merged. Okay. What if there was a second football league that happened during the NFL and all their games were played on Thursday? Okay. All their games were played on Thursday nights. That way, you don't have these NFL athletes playing on four days rest. The product is not that great. Now, the demand is always going to be there with the NFL and all that stuff. So I think there I think there's other ways around it. But yeah, I would I would I would just go to Dwayne the Rock Johnson and say, look, let's let's have let's have Thursday night games and Let's team up. Let's do XFL, USFL on Thursday nights. Would it draw the same rating as an NFL game? Probably not. So there you go. Player X was like, y'all, y'all started getting into the, the hypothetical chat. <laughs> huh? huh? We'll take a few more here. Once again, a few super chat. We'll keep it going. The 2.7 GPA. Let's go. How did you remember that? That's good. Yeah, I did have... Uh, a GPA. We broadcast it in Andy's room. Toy Story reference. There you go. Nineteen to eight. I wonder if that's a scoregami.
That's just crazy, man. Steve Snyder retiring. I didn't know him. I didn't know him well. Um, It's crazy, man. Lawrence, I'll give it. Tell us a joke. Oh, man. That is the worst thing you do to a stand up. Is, um, don't ever do that, by the way. If you want me to give you a good. Like if you see like Nate Bargatze walking in the street, don't just go to him and say, hey, Nate, comedian, man, court jester, tell us a joke. Don't do that. Don't. Imagine walking up to like Peyton Manning in a public, public setting. Peyton, throw me a pass. Throw me a pass. It's a good idea. You'll never walk up to Boba Fett and do that, do you? Hey, Boba, do your job. He do it on you. Yeah, don't 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 walk up to people that are off the clock and tell them, "Hey, do your thing." But also, don't do that when a comedian is on stage. But I'm actually glad you mentioned that, Lawrence, because yeah, that it's it's not it's not even like a joke kind of thing. It's not like because that's not what comedy is. Like it, you, you can go to any stand up, right? And the stand up will will tell you the um. The jokes that they tell are funny, and you're going to have a good time. But more often than not, like, the funniest things you'll experience in life are just going to be spontaneous, funny things. Okay? The funniest thing I've ever heard from a stand-up, I've told this story before, I'm not going to do it again, was... Uh, I'm not going to tell the story again because I cry telling the story. But, uh, but yeah, you, you, I, <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever heard from a, a comedian, a guy I opened for, by the way, was uh, a story that's, it was actually something that happened to him. It wasn't even a joke that he told. Yeah, I don't know Shane personally. Um, I 
I had the Broncos plus ten and a half. Mm. Crazy. TJ, with the super chat, he wants to give it out tonight. All right, TJ, you get to pick the next topic. He wants to give out the Duke Riley card. So let's do it. Jared says, what does Will Smith leave in the snow? Fresh prints. <laughs> so... Uh, let's see. I'm definitely not giving it to Lawrence. Adam, we'll see you, man. We'll see you on Saturday. Don't forget pregame, halftime, postgames on Saturday. Let's see. Who am I giving this out to tonight? Let's see. Type Y for yes if you want this Duke Riley autograph card. So I can see who's still in here. But I want to kind of ship this thing out tonight. Oh, there you go. Type Y for yes. Type N for no. TJ is a big Duke Riley fan. All right, I don't think Mac Daddy Donk has ever won anything, so we'll go in that direction. Congrats, Mac Daddy. You are the winner of the Duke Riley autograph card. Mac Daddy, you better thank TJ. TJ got us over the hump. My hump, my hump, my hump. She's got me spinning, spinning all your money on me. Mac Daddy, send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at Card of the Power or at Power Hour LSU. Or you could send me an email, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. Congrats, Mac Daddy. TJ's the one I got you, though. Up oh, on, man. Oh, man. But Mac Daddy, you got to do it tonight because I don't like chasing people now. I've done that far too many times. I gave out one of these two years ago. And hopefully the person two years ago 
doesn't see this. But the person didn't know how to send an email who won the card. And I was like, how, how are you watching this? <laughs> you, 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 got, you have to create a Gmail. How are you, how are you watching this? But that's not here nor there. So, Mac Daddy, you got to you got to send me an email tonight, powerhourlsu at gmail.com or at powerhourlsu or at Carter the Power. You've got me spinning. We got another angle of the watching this. Let's go, Cougars. You send me an email. I don't see you, Mac Daddy. I think you're lying to me. PowerHourLSU at gmail.com. Oh, TLV's coming in late? Jared A. LD88, we'll see you, brother. Um, uh, it's later in the season. I think it is. Here you go. Come on. All right, TJ, I'll pull it up for you, man. I think TJ was wanting to know how how all the dominoes were going to fall. So 
they have to go to Georgia after playing A&M. So Auburn, I, I, I mean, I know Ole Miss gets this bye week. So they get two easier games at Auburn coming off a bye. And Auburn um, plays us, obviously, this week. And then they get Vanderbilt. But then they have to play two top 15 recruiters in a row. I just don't see a world where they beat A&M and Georgia back-to-back. And they've already lost to Bama. So, once again, if LSU wins out, they pretty much control their own destiny. And you have to beat Alabama anyway. So, so everything's still in front of you. Everything is still in front of you. Uh, See, so and I think I did send you something. Um. Actually, you want a little bit better than a Whitworth card. Um, it sh- it should be there. If not, uh, I'll send another one. Let me see. Yeah, I, I, well, I won't, I won't, I won't say where you live. But yeah, I sent you one. I'll, I'll send you another one just in case. I don't mind sending you two, Stephen. You're one of my guys. I'll write it down again. I remember when you brought that up. What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk. Steven. Okay. No, nobody is saying. Here we go, Grant. Any topic you want to get to, we'll go straight to it. And it, it, it ain't got nothing like that. No one is saying LSU is beating Alabama. I only run toss dive. I'm only pointing out that you do control your own destiny. And you can't really make any blanket statements about LSU-Alabama because LSU has had far worse teams, and they have almost went in and beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Okay? I would have never have thought that the Mac Johnson-led LSU Tigers would have gotten the job done.
But you're acting like this Alabama team is just unstoppable. That's lunacy. Lunacy to think that LSU can't win that game. Kind of like our guest earlier, he picked LSU to beat Auburn. But it's not without the realm. Like it's This isn't like 2020 Alabama playing 2020 LSU. It's, it's not a matter of getting your hopes up or anything like that. And the Braves lost. Saw someone complaining a minute ago. Well, the the three 100-win teams are all out. How many more times does this have to be said? How many more times? Transitive property only goes so far in a wacky sport like college football. Okay. There's only so many different ways you can slice the analysis of a game. And one of them that people always go to is, well, if this happened, then this happened. Okay? The previous game has effect on the following game. It just does. Okay? So the Arkansas defense, which isn't just a god-awful defense, they did do a good job versus Ole Miss's team. But then again, Ole Miss rushed the field. The week before. They probably had some hangover the week before. It happens. Okay? You got to keep in mind, LSU Alabama every year, you get a bye week before you play the other. So it's it's not the same kind of road game. It just isn't. Okay? There you go, Mac Daddy. Well, congrats, man.
is if AI can keep up with their offense. I asked AI, how do you stop Jaden Daniels? And my computer blew up. I didn't even try. If 404 Well, all right, you guys. We'll take a few more here. Obviously, if you super chat, we'll keep going. Um, true. Oh, yeah, we do. The home team normally wins that game, too. Uh, the home team has won, what, each of the uh, – yeah, since 2016 when we beat them there. 2017 was the Geist game. 2018 was the seven-overtime game. Should have won that game. 2019, we blew them out. 2020, they got us. We actually played pretty well defensively that game. 2021. Uh, we beat them. The Orgeron game. 2022, they beat us. All right, y'all. This was a good one. Don't worry. We'll be back. Don't forget, pregame, halftime, postgame, before the Auburn game. We'll start roughly 30 minutes before the game begins. So we'll see you then. Eh, hands Power out, LSU. And tonight... We are doing, oh, enchiladas, night two, let's go.